welcome to the Awakened Woman podcast. This is a show for women waking up to their divine purpose and power in life and business. I'm Bryn, your host, and I am so excited for our conversation today. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast episode. I'm so excited to talk to you guys today. I feel like I start every podcast episode out like that, but I am genuinely really, really excited to talk to you today. Um, we're talking all about the fact that I am pregnant, which is so, so wonderful. Oh my gosh, it's been so amazing to share. So for those of you who are familiar with my story, if you followed me on Instagram for the last couple of years or anything, you're probably aware that we have been on a really long TTC journey, trying to conceive journey. And it has been, it's been a journey. I think that's a really good word to describe what it has felt like. And we are now pregnant and it feels like such a gift, such a relief, so much like we finally crossed the finish line of a really long, really challenging race. And it just feels so, so good. This Um, Last couple of days, we had our gender reveal with our families, which was so much fun. And we shared about our pregnancy on social media. So the news is out and we have been receiving so much love. Drake told everybody at his work, like just everybody knows. And it has been so cool. Honestly, like we had so many people reaching out, so many people just doing the sweetest things. Um, had some neighbors deliver us some cookies last night, just sweet, sweet things. And just people being so excited and just sharing in our joy and happiness. And it's been amazing. Um, infertility sucks. It is so freaking hard. And, you know, I was kind of deciding whether or not I wanted to share a ton. I don't know. I've, I've been actually with me. I'm, I'm a sharer. I am like an open book. I I usually tell everything (laughs) to everybody. Um, but, and I'll talk about that in just a little bit, but with infertility, I haven't been quite so much. Um, when we first decided that we wanted to start trying to have a baby, like we were super open about it. Like we were just like, yeah, we're going to start trying. Like we're so excited. Like, you know, this is so much fun. And we just had so much joy and, you know, not only just talking to our families about like other people, you know, I remember we had like some neighbors come visit and they just had a baby and we were like, yeah, we're going to start trying. Like we're so stoked. Like we were just, I I'm kind of an oversharer and, and it's interesting now looking back, I wish that we had not been because, you know, we would have those same sweet people following up, like, how are things, you know, and it's just like, it gets to the point after, after I would say like the first six to nine months of trying and nothing's happening or working. And you're just like, what's wrong? Like it starts to get kind of scary, um, pretty stressful. And there's a lot of anxiety around like, what's wrong, what's going on, um, why things aren't working, how they should be, you know, all those things. So we were, yeah, we were really open book, which I almost wish we hadn't have been in the beginning. And then I was like, okay, I have to, it was so hard when people would check in and follow up. And we're just like, yeah, 
I mean, we haven't announced a pregnancy, so yeah, we're not pregnant yet, but when we are, we'll announce it when we're ready. You know what I mean? Like it was just kind of just interesting conversations. Um, and so we stopped being as open and, you know, we just got a little bit more guarded and that was helpful, you know? Um, but anyway, now we're being open again, you know, and it's just been kind of interesting to open that back up. And obviously now it's for a totally happy reason when it comes to fertility and pregnancy and all the things, but, you know, I was just kind of just thinking through, you know, how open do I want to be about our experience and what it's all been like and, you know, where, where do I want to share and where do I want to keep things kind of private, you know, just like all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was like, should I even talk about this in my, on my business account? Like it's such a personal thing. Um, but I was chatting with Drake, my husband about it. And I was just like, yeah, like, should I post it on my business? Like, I don't know. Should I talk about it? Like, I, I feel like it'd be really great for me to be able to talk about it on the podcast. Um, you know, it's not marketing <laughs> or social media stuff. But one thing I talk about a ton in my business, as you know, is the mindset aspect of things and the law of attraction and manifestation. And a huge thing that I talk about with my clients when it comes to building an online business is, you know, holding the faith, you know, getting your, your mindset in alignment, getting energetically aligned to the thing that you're calling in. And I feel like I went through the ringer when it comes to law of attraction stuff with infertility, like so many of the concepts that I would learn, I would, you know, be implementing. And, and I'll talk all about this of like the physical things we did to get pregnant and the kind of spiritual energetic mindset things we did to get pregnant. I will talk all about those. Um, because here's the thing, here's my, my big summary <laughs> that I decided is that, I do want to share, you know, and I'll still be, I'll still be kind of, you know, aware of what I'm, what I don't want to share and what I, I do. And, and I already have a couple little boundaries around a couple things, you know, that I've been implementing, which has been great. Um, but I think I do want to share because a lot of women go through infertility and, you know, when I would share about my struggles, you know, on social media or, you know, whatever. It was interesting. There was a time it was shortly after we experienced some losses and I was just kind of breaking inside and I just, it needed to come out somehow. And so I shared a little bit about it on social media and on my business account, which felt very safe because it doesn't feel like there weren't people like in my neighborhood, you know, who follow my business, for example. So it just felt like still kind of private in a good way, but like I had a supportive community of women around me um, who, who would support that and hold space for that. And it, it was vulnerable in a beautiful way, but I like shared about a couple things and, um, you know, about the losses, about what I had learned about them and all these things. And I had so many women in my community who reached out to me who were going through similar things or who had gone through similar things. And I just, the total camaraderie and just the, the connection and empathy and just heartache that I felt 
for these women and for myself, like with this whole thing, it's just like, this is so, so hard when you want a child. And when you are ready to grow your family with your person and you feel in your soul that it's your time and your thing and the best thing for you and all these things. And then it's just not working month after month, after month, after year, after year, like it, it is so taxing on you mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Like I, I, it's hard to explain. And, you know, it's hard because people who haven't gone through it themselves, they just won't get it. Just like a lot of things, you know, just like until you've gone through it, until you've hiked that mountain, you don't know what it's like to hike that mountain. You know, you can imagine, you can have empathy, um, but it's, it's so hard. And so opening up for those couple of weeks and talking to other women who are going through this. Oh my gosh. It was just like so hard and so bonding and so beautiful. Um, but I just feel so much empathy and so much sadness for how hard infertility is for women, especially when, you know, there's so many factors at play, but you know, when they've just been wanting it for a long time and, um, you know, there literally are no guarantees and it's just, it's so sensitive. Um, it's so, so hard and it's hard to know how to talk to people who are going through infertility. It's hard to know what you should and should not be saying to them. And, you know, because depending on where they're at in their cycle, in their experience, they may have, you know, recently experienced a loss or maybe they're, they're on trigger shot hormones or like, you never know, um, where they're at or maybe they're doing great and they want to talk about it. Like it's, it's really, really hard, um, you know, to kind of address it with people and all these types of things. And it's just, it's so sensitive. It's so delicate, the emotions around it, the, the things that come up for people when they're going through infertility, genuinely, seriously, it's unlike anything I've ever gone through. And yeah, I just have so much empathy for people who are in it still. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it. I'm like kind of emotional. Um, but I'm excited to talk about it because for me, such a, a hopeful part of infertility would be hearing stories of infertile women who got pregnant and, it just gave me hope that this could be possible because it feels so impossible. And it feels like you're literally standing in front of a brick wall and you're just trying so hard to knock it down and it's not budging at all. And you don't know how, and you're trying to find different tools and you're trying to ask other people for advice and you're just seeing around you, other people break down their brick walls. No problem. And you're like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I break this brick wall down? Like, I'm strong. I'm capable. I'm ready. I'm excited to see what's on the other side. And, and you just feel so alone. And so when I would hear these little stories, they were just like little beacons of light. Of, oh my gosh. Kate, something worked for someone. That means something can work for me too. So, um, I might cry a lot <laughs> in these episodes, um, because it's obviously really vulnerable and I have a lot of emotions surrounding it because, it's just a lot, but I'm sharing what our experience was like, maybe for myself, maybe because it's going to be really healing for me 
to be able to vocalize my story. It's I've been internalizing a lot of things and I've had some really lovely space holders. Um, so I think that'll be great for myself, but I'm mostly sharing for the women who are also still trying to break down that brick wall and they don't know what's wrong with them. They don't know why it's not working and they're just defeated. And maybe they're taking time to sit down and put their tools down, or maybe they're hacking at the brick wall with every ounce of strength they have wherever they're at in their journey. Um, I, I just, I care about them so much. And if that's you, I just, even if I don't know you, I love you so, so much. I have so much love for you. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud of what you're doing and everything you're trying and all the changes that you're making and all the sacrifices you're doing with habits and food and exercise and money and just all the things that you're going through. I have so, so much love for you and I'm so proud of you. And I'm 100% here for you forever. Like if you want to reach out to me and we can talk or meet up for lunch or anything, like I, I, I'm here for you <laughs> and I care about you so much and everybody's experience is so different. And there's going to be things in my experience that are so different than every other woman who's gone through this experience as well. But, um, I'm excited to share them and, and, you know, maybe there'll be some beautiful similarities or some things that you can see that are different, um, that can help you and can help give you some clarity. And just, you know, at the end of the day, you can see another woman who's made it through and know that you absolutely can too. I believe with every, every fiber of my being that you can get pregnant. No matter what you've been told or how long you've been trying or how hard it's been for you. I know you can get pregnant. You can have a baby. I know it's possible for you. And I held on to that sliver of hope so many times for myself. I just said, I know it's going to happen one day. I know it's going to happen one day. And honestly, my, um, my timeline looking back wasn't as long as a lot of people's. Um, it was just under three years for us when we actively started trying to conceive um, before we found out we were pregnant. And three years is a really long time. <laughs> like, I do want to say that as well. It was, it was a really, really long time. You know, it's basically like <laughs> a high school experience. You know what I mean? Like it just, it was a long time. Um, but I know there's women out there who have been trying much longer than that too. And whatever your timeline is, maybe you've been trying for a year, maybe you've been trying for six months and you're feeling all those emotions. That's about when it started for me. It was about six months. Um, and I just, I love you so much. So I am going to try to pull myself together a little bit <laughs> if I can, no promises. Um, I'm going to let the tears flow if they need to. So here we are, <laughs> but, um, I want to talk to you guys about our journey, getting pregnant and just our story with that. And I, 
I'm going to, after this episode where we talked so much about our story, um, I'm going to do a deeper dive into all of the specific things that we did. Like I said, the physical stuff and then the emotional, energetic, spiritual stuff. Um, and, and that episode will be specifically about what we did, what I think worked. Um, we did a lot of different things. So I am excited to share about all those things for the women who are going through this journey and who just want to hear about what somebody else did and how it all worked. So, um, first for today, let's just talk about our story. So here, here's what happened, everybody. So, um, Drake and I, we were married for about three years and, we had always said we would wait till five years before we would start having a baby, but I started getting baby hungry and I started feeling like this would be kind of fun. I don't know. Um, not really sure, you know, maybe, maybe not five years, you know, and Drake was still not interested. Like he was like, no, like I want to be in a really secure job first. Like, I don't want you to have to work if you don't want to. Um, which I totally get. And I totally respected. Um, and you know, it's kind of the thing, like if, if one of you wants it and one of you doesn't, it's a no until it's, it's, it's a yes for both people. So I was like, okay, you know, I will wait, like no worries. Anyway, then what ended up happening is I, so funny story. This is actually not funny. My poor mom, <laughs> she would throw up every single day of her pregnancy from the moment of conception, literally till the baby was born nine months later. Like she, she was super sick every day of her pregnancy. And so this is where it gets funny is I threw up and I, and I was feeling fine. And I was like, what the, why did I just throw up? Like, I don't think I ate anything bad. I feel fine. I don't know. The next day I threw up again and I was like, oh my gosh, am I pregnant? Like, this is really weird. I still felt fine. I was kind of freaked we had, because I had an IUD in and I was like, what the heck, if I'm pregnant, like, do I need to get this IUD out? Like, this is sketchy. Like, what does this mean? I called my OBGYN and they were like, not even worried at all. They're like, yeah, like, don't worry about it until you get a positive pregnancy test. Like, it's not a, you know, not a big deal. And I was like, but like, the IUD is in me still. Like, is this dangerous? They were like, well, once we, they sh on the phone, she was like, we can't see you until we have a, you have a positive pregnancy test. And I was like, freaked out, like, okay, doing all this research, Googling stuff, just getting nervous, whatever. The next day I threw up again. So I threw up three days in a row. I was absolutely convinced I was pregnant. I was like, oh my gosh, what the heck is going on? This is insane. During those three days, a switch was flipped in Drake. He was just like, he became like super husband. I mean, he is kind of super husband all the time, but like he was just like making me food and just like asking how I was feeling all the time and just really like concerned, you know? And I was just like, I don't know. Like I, we just do that. What the OB said, I guess we just wait until there's a pregnancy, positive pregnancy test. And then they'll address the IUD thing. I'm not sure. So I, anyway, we like waited a couple days and I didn't throw up after that. I just had like the three days of throwing up and 
we like waited a couple of days and I took a pregnancy test, negative, waited a couple more days, took a pregnancy test, negative, a couple more days. I, I, the, the pregnancy tests were always negative, wasn't pregnant. And I, I was really, really sad because thinking that I was pregnant, it just, it got me so excited. And I was like, wait, I like actually seriously want this. Like I actually would love to be pregnant. <laughs> that actually would be an amazing, amazing thing. And it switched something in me and it switched something in Drake. And he was like, okay, actually like feeling like we were, that was kind of magical. And I feel like that's a great next step for us. And so I don't remember the exact timeline of where he was at work or where I was or whatever. I don't remember exactly at this point, but we were getting closer to him, like, you know, graduating, having his job, all the things. Um, and so that was kind of just all happening while we were, we're processing all of this. Anyway, so then um, we kind of sat on that feeling for a couple weeks and it didn't go away for either of us. We both were just kind of bit by the baby bug. Like we're like, yeah, like we, this would be amazing. Like we are ready. And, you know, at the time my older brother had had his first child, his first little boy. And that was so fun. Like seeing a newborn baby. I held that baby all the time. His name's Derek. He was such a sweetheart. He was just, anyway, I just, I was ready. I was like, I'm ready to have a baby. Like, I'm so, so excited. I would love to have a baby. So we, a couple weeks later, I get my IUD out. It took forever for me to get into the OBGYN. I think it was like a month and a half, I, I want to say, before I could get into have the IUD removal with them. And it was the weirdest experience. I was kind of anxious and excited. And I was like, okay, like, you know, I'd call them like, yeah, like we want to start trying to have a baby. And I was kind of expecting a, I don't know, like a little debrief or like some advice or something like kind of a little appointment or, you know, like, okay, this is some best practices or something. Like I was just expecting something, but I go into the office and they call me back in and they put me on the table. They removed the IUD, took like two minutes. And the lady who did it, um, just let it, she, she, so she took the IUD out and she was like, all right, we'll see you when you're pregnant. And then she walked out of the office and I was like, oh, okay, great. You'll see me when I'm pregnant. <laughs> like it was, it was really weird. Like I was expecting a lot more anyway. So I was like, okay. So after that, I, I was just like, okay, my IUD's out. Like we could get pregnant any day now. <laughs> you know, I was so naive. Um, but I just thought because the IUD was gone, you know, world was our oyster. This is going to happen so soon and be so lovely and fun anyway. So a couple months in, I'm like, I don't know. I, I would take pregnancy tests. I wouldn't be having my period. So I would take a pregnancy test to see if that's why I didn't have my period. The pregnancy tests are always negative, but then I would never have my period. And I was like, okay, a missing period is supposed to mean that I'm pregnant, but I'm taking this pregnancy test and they're saying negative, like what's happening. Basically my cycle is really inconsistent. And, um, you know, I would go three ish months usually with one bleed in those three months. 
And so for me, I was like, am I pregnant all the time? And it was also frustrating because I didn't exactly know how to time anything, you know? And so it was just kind of a time of a lot of frustration. Um, anyway, about six months in, like I had said, is when we started kind of feeling it where I was like, Hey, what is going on? Like I've had like two periods. I want to have a baby. Like what's going, like, what are we, what are we doing here? And I had felt super unsupported by that OBGYN office. I was like, they didn't even care about me. Like they didn't listen to my concerns when I was freaked. I was pregnant and had an IUD in. And then when I got my IUD out, they just did not, they offered zero support. Like it was super weird. So I started looking for a new OBGYN office and I found one that was pretty close to my house. And I started going there for, um, just a little, some help, you know, to see like what exactly is happening. Um, and anyway, it was fine. Didn't really get many answers. Um, they diagnosed me with PCOS, which I had at the time had kind of felt like it was just kind of a slap on a problem being like, Oh yeah, you have unexplained infertility because you have PCOS. And I was like, okay, what does this mean? You know? And for them, the answer was to put me on Femara, which is a medication to help with, you know, ovulation and all the things. And at the time I just wasn't really sure. I didn't really know you know, if that's what I wanted to do. So it took a little pause and I started seeing an energy healer and, um, I'm going to cry because this was a huge transformation moment for me. When I started seeing my sweet Christine, she is an angel in this life for me. Like truly, um, I, I wouldn't have made it through infertility without her. And I really feel like I was guided to see her and to meet her and to just become really close with her. I've done an interview with her on the podcast before and, um, referred so many people to her. She's seen my sister and just so many people. She's seen both my sisters actually, and my sister-in-law and my husband and my brother-in-law. And it's just, she's, oh, she's so wonderful. So I started seeing her and, um, things started changing and shifting. And I started doing some really deep cellular level healing on my limiting beliefs. And it was a lot of stuff around mother wounds and a lot of stuff around body image and a lot of stuff around me being capable. And, um, we just worked on a lot of really beautiful limiting beliefs and she was such a support to me. So started seeing her, which is really changing things. Um, but while I was healing through all this kind of big stuff, you know, my cycles were still off. I was still trying to do all the things. Um, at this time I, really leaned on my sister, Kennedy. Those of you who listen to the podcast know her. We've done a guest podcast episode together. Um, she's phenomenal. And she is really, her magic in this life is holistic health. And so she's really, really educated on different things you can do to support your body, to support your endocrine system, to support your detoxing, to support nutrition, all this stuff. So her and I started doing stuff together. And so she started helping me, um, kind of teaching me about labels, ingredients, eating organic, all this kind of stuff. Um, I, we had a really fun day where we went through my entire house. We went through all of my products, makeup, soap, shampoo, storage, food storage, all this stuff. And anything that wasn't like great, 
um, to support my endocrine, like candles, everything, we threw it away. Like we threw away so many products and so much stuff that was not clean. And she helped me buy all this clean stuff, spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars, totally swapping everything out in our home. Um, so that everything we had would be supportive to my hormone system. So that was a big shift. Um, you know, we got a water filter. I started taking some really great supplements. I was on all these different things that helps fertility and ovary health and all this stuff. And, you know, I was just kind of going the holistic route. So did that for a couple months. And then I was like, okay, I think I'm going to go back to the OBGYN. So I went and visited them again. And I was like, I'm ready to do this Famara thing. Like, let's do it. Um, you know, I feel like I was in a, a pretty good place health wise. And so we did, and it was one of the most frustrating parts of the whole journey. Um, because I would, you know, take the Famara for five days and it would do kind of crazy things to my emotional state. <laughs> I got pretty moody and pretty overwhelmed on it. Um, but I would take it for five days. And at the time I still was super confused of where I was at in my cycle and the nurses were extremely unhelpful in supporting me with that. I would call that I'm really confused. Like, I don't know what day I'm on. Like, I don't know like when I should start this. And they'd be like, well, when is the date of your last period? I'd be like, uh, two and a half months ago. And they'd be like, okay, well, I don't know. And it was just, I got zero support, zero help. They didn't know anything with that. And so I, anyway, it was frustrating. And so I just tried to do my best, you know, I did muscle testing to try to find out where I was at in my cycle. You know, I tried to estimate, okay, if my last period was this time, then like, let's say I'm on a 35 day if my cycle is long and I just miss a period. Maybe I'm on this. Like I was just, I was doing the most educated guesswork I possibly could without having any cycle. Um, anyway, so I would take the Femara and then I would have to go in for blood work, which was $300 every time. And I, I want to say it was like six or seven months that I did this with them, Famara, and then blood work for $300. And every time they would say, yeah, you didn't ovulate. And then they put me on a higher dose of Famara. And then they do the same thing the next month and the next one, the next month, the next month. And I never saw my OB. I never saw my doctor. I only went in for the blood work and then would call and have a nurse say I didn't ovulate. And then I would ask questions and they didn't help me. Like it was so, I cannot even explain how unsupportive it felt. Like it was I felt so alone. I've never felt so alone. Um, if I didn't have Christina, my sister, I would have gone bonkers. It was so frustrating. So that was really frustrating. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, the, the Western medicine route is not supporting me. They don't even care about me. <laughs> I felt like they didn't care about me at all. Um, they were just doing tons of blood work and like, it was just, it was expensive, you know, every month to be just like, yeah, it didn't work. It'll do it again. I was like, why am I paying $300 a month for this? Like this, you're not helping me. Like no progress is being made. Like it was, it was very frustrating if you can't tell. Then I was, I was like, Hey, Western medicine isn't doing it. I'm going to start the holistic route. And I had come across on Instagram, a story of this girl, her and her husband have been trying to get pregnant for two years. And she started doing acupuncture treatments at this place. It was literally five minutes from my house and taking this herbal tea three times a day and she got pregnant in three months. And I was like, that's a miracle story. I'm in. So I go and I visit this acupuncturist and, um, it was called Utah Valley acupuncture. And, um, the practitioner there is Seth shaman. 
And I think that's how you say his last name. Um, anyway, went there and had a consultation with him and it was amazing. Um, I want to say our consultation was like 45 minutes long or something. And he listened to my whole story, all my frustrations, where I was at, what I wanted, why I was, you know, where I was and all these things. Um, oh, wait, I forgot a huge part of the story. Before I went to see acupuncture, we experienced loss. And um, that was the hardest thing I've ever been through literally in my life. I'm not ready to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. It broke me. I became a different person. <laughs> I have never gone through something that has like shaken me to my core. Um, I was like done with life for a while. Like literally it was, it was so hard. I've never been at a lower place mentally in my entire life. So that really sucked. Um, yeah. Anyway. So I, so, and he just listened to that, you know, and he was just there and he was so, he was just a space holder in the best way that I hadn't had from a medical professional. And I was so grateful. And so he told me like three months, you know, should do the trick. And I was like, deal, <laughs> you know, at this point, I want to say it was like a year and a half of trying. Um, and so I was open to anything. I was like, yes, please let's do it. Let's give it a go. You know, obviously no guarantees can be made, but he was pretty confident. So I did it for three months. He had this tea that I would drink at different times in my cycle. And, um, I was feeling amazing drinking the tea. It was disgusting. Um, it was Chinese herbs. It was so gross, but it was great for my body. And I got my bleed back. I got on a regular cycle and it wasn't always perfect, but it would, you know, it would be between 30 and 45 days sometimes, but I, it was between 30 and 45 days, not like 60 to hundred. It was amazing. And, you know, sometimes the bleeds would be really light, you know, and then the next month they'd be really heavy and, and, you know, but we were working with all these things. And so I did acupuncture a couple times a week for a couple of months. And then we went to, to once a week or twice a week. Then once a week, we just kind of went off a little bit as my cycle was getting better and healthier. And I was drinking these herbs and it was really, really great. Really, really awesome. Um, and I was just feeling hope. I was feeling so much hope because I was finally having a cycle, which was the first step in trying to have a baby. And so I was very excited. Um, what ended up happening is I, you know, after the three months, I was excited to have my cycle, wasn't pregnant yet. Um, and I ended up doing the acupuncture two more times after that. So I, I did it for nine months and, um, it got to the point where I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to move forward. Um, it was feeling like it was a great, amazing step, but it wasn't quite hitting the nail on the head at this point. And I was like, Hey, I think I need to, you know, it's like the definition of insanity is like doing the, what is it? The same thing <laughs> with different and expecting different results or something. So I was like, you know, had given it a really great try. And I was like, I love acupuncture. Um, acupuncture is amazing. I was kind of tired of drinking the nasty tea. Um, but I was happy my cycle was back, but I was just kind of ready for the next thing. Um, and I, you get a little burnt out too with infertility. It's so emotional. And also like during this time, um, both of my sister-in-laws got pregnant and had babies. 
which I love my little niece and my nephews so much. Like I, I can't even tell you how much I love those sweet little souls. Um, they make life at my mom's house so much more fun. <laughs> we love babies. Um, but also it's really hard. It's really hard when they announce that's, it feels like a punch to the gut. Um, it's really hard when you have to celebrate that when you're going through hard stuff, it's hard to go to a one-year-old's birthday party. It's hard to go to a baby shower. It's hard to get a baby gift for them. Like that little, those little things can be very just challenging and people who go through this know, and it's not because I don't love them. And it's not because I'm not so happy for them. I'm so happy for people who don't have to go through infertility. I do not wish infertility on anybody because it sucks, but it doesn't make it easy when it comes really easy to other people, because you question what's wrong with me. What's why am I not good enough? You know, I had so many things about my body not being good enough. I had so many things of me not being righteous enough, not being good enough to mother, not being like so much stuff comes up and saying it now, I'm like, of course that's not true. But in the moment you're like, why is this blessing being withheld from me? And you genuinely ask those questions and you're saying, what do I need to do? You know, how can I get better? How can I be a better person? How can I be a better you know, potential mother, how can like all the things that comes up. So it's just, it's really hard. So during this time that was kind of all, all happening. And, um, and I needed a little minute to breathe. And so I stopped acupuncture and the herbal teas for a couple of months. And I just kind of relaxed for a little bit. I kept doing all the good things with, you know, eating organic and filtered water and all the, you know, all the things you're supposed to do. Um, just for my endocrine system and, it was a big turning point for me because I was like, Hey, I've tried my OB. I've tried holistic. The thing we haven't tried is working with a fertility center. And that was really hard for me to come to that conclusion because I didn't want to, I can't even explain how much I didn't want to go to a fertility center. Like, I can't even explain it. I, that it was literally the last thing I wanted to do. I had no interest in being poked and prodded and needles and needles. It's funny to say that after I go to acupuncture multiple times a week, but you get what I'm saying. Like just the shots and I was really worried about the price of it, you know, because IVF can be like, I don't know, 15 to 20 K or something a month or something like that. It's insane depending on your insurance and all this stuff and what it covers and everything. So I was just like, that was the last thing I wanted to do. I wanted to get pregnant naturally. I wanted the acupuncture to work. And so I was kind of bummed that it didn't, but had this time, took some space, you know, and, and, you know, Drake was very supportive to me. He, he was kind of gung ho of like, let's do a fertility center. Like let's do, you know, IUI, like that's not as expensive as IVF and all this stuff. And he was just really a proponent of like, let's do this, you know? And I was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like I just wanted the natural stuff to work for me. And I just was really hesitant, but I came to the conclusion. Um, you just get ready. You just get to a point where you're ready. And I think a lot of my resistance was that I was, I had felt so, um, snubbed by my OB office that I was like mad at Western medicine. And I was like irritated at it. And I was like, 
they don't care about you. You're just a number in their system. And I was, I felt pretty, um, just pretty hurt by the lack of the support from my OB office. And I felt so seen and listened to and supported and cared for from the acupuncture. And so I was just like, holistic is the way, you know, holistic is the best way. You know, they actually care about people, all this stuff. So I had my own things that I was like mad about. And so for me, going to fertility center felt like almost going back to an OB office of like, you know, you're just a number in their system. They don't really allow you the choice. They tell you what they're going to do and you have to go abide by all these things. Right. Had all these beliefs anyway. So what I ended up doing is I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to hit this hard. Like if we're going to do it, let's do it. And so I got to this point, I was talking to my sister a ton about it. And she was just a really great listening ear. And Christine, my energy healer was such a great listening ear when I was like, I don't know, like, you know, she was just great at offering advice and just being a a beautiful space holder and everything. Anyway, decided we were going to hit it hard. So I um, found a naturopathic doctor. And then we also set an appointment up with our, with the fertility center in our area. And I was going to do both of those things. And this was also a massive turning point for me. Um, the naturopathic doctor was everything. The best thing that I had done up until this point. And I am saying that like acupuncture was great. I was a little frustrated with acupuncture of like keeping my temperature every day and all this stuff. I'll talk about all the things um, when I talk about um, advice and all the stuff that we did to support ourselves. But I was just, I was excited to see a naturopathic doctor and really like get the test results back of where my hormone levels were at and all the things. So, um, gone in for an appointment with her. It was at this amazing place called empowered healing in Utah County. Um, highly, highly recommend that to any woman who isn't sure where her hormones are at. I think it's super important that women are aware of where their hormones are at any age. Doesn't matter if you're trying to conceive or anything. I think it's so important. Um, so anyway, I, I got in with her and I, it was going to be a couple weeks. I want to say it was like six weeks until we could meet with the fertility center. So I had some time with this naturopathic doctor and started meeting with her and we, um, you know, she kind of did an exam. We looked over my, we, I did some blood tests. She ordered all these different, um, tests to be done based on my symptoms and all the things and, um, uh, where I was at and things like that, um, gave me some great advice for nutrition and just all the stuff, you know, all these things. Um, we get my blood work back and I, it was really eye opening. Um, one of the biggest things is we found out I have hypothyroidism, um, which your thyroid is where all of your hormones are housed basically. And so that made a ton of sense, um, that my thyroid is off. And so I got on a medication for that, which is great. Um, and then we found that my testosterone was super, super high, which is, um, contributes to PCOS diagnosis, um, and like ovarian cysts that I've had, like almost always, <laughs> um, I've had, uh, ovarian cysts removed surgically. And then, um, I used to have really bad cramps and actually have a cyst right now on my right ovary anyway. Um, so found that out about testosterone, my iron was off. Um, and then my, um, there was one more thing. Oh, progesterone. My progesterone was super, super low, which contributed to our losses because the progesterone is kind of what keeps the baby bacon. So I, that was low too. So she put me on some amazing supplements. 
Um, I don't remember quite all of them, but I was on, uh, I, I drank, um, spearmint tea. That was my new tea that I was supposed to drink two to three cups a day called testosterone. Um, I was on some maca root, um, chase tree berry. Um, gosh, I'm forgetting the names of my supplements now, what they all were. Um, anyway, I don't remember. I'll, I'll try to get my notes out and, um, put my notes up for the next episode to help, uh, ladies who are trying to conceive, but put me on a bunch of really good things. And so I started taking the supplements every day, drinking the tea. And then with her, she also is an acupuncturist, licensed acupuncturist. And so I would do acupuncture with her once a week. And I love the acupuncture with her at the first acupuncturist I went to, um, you kind of go in this big room and there's like dividers. Um, and then the practitioner comes and sees you and, and, um, inserts the needles. And then you meditate for like 45 minutes. There's just like some music on in the background. Um, but sometimes I would get like a little bored, <laughs> you know, uh, it was good for me to meditate, but sometimes you get a little bored. And I loved this new place in empowered healing because she just had one and it was like a closed door room, which was kind of nice because you would be, um, in the first acupuncturist office I went to, you'd be, you know, had your needles inserted. You're not allowed to move. You have an eye mask over your eyes and you feel people like moving around you in this space. And it's like a little unnerving. So it was really nice to be in like a closed door and just have some privacy while you're just sitting there laying down. The other thing I loved is her, her, um, acupuncture table was heated and it had like this massage thing going on. And then she also put, um, had this, um, thing they're called, Oh shoot. What is it? I want to find the name of this. There are these really cool headphones. Let me look on Instagram. I follow their company. Let me see. Gosh, I can't find it. Anyway, she had these really cool um, headphones that you would put on that had all these really powerful customized meditations for pregnancy, trying to conceive, releasing perfectionism, just all these gorgeous things that were so helpful. Um, and so you would listen to like a really powerful meditation. They would be going in both ears with different voices. And it was almost like my like ADHD brain loved the stimulation, loved the massage table, the heat, the meditation going on. Like it was just so, it was so great. I loved going to acupuncture there. So that was really awesome. And with her, I set on a six month contract and I, you know, you know, could obviously resign after if I wanted to, but sat on a six month contract with her and she was great. So supportive. We would do my blood work every couple months. Here I was at adjust my, um, my supplements and my different things, you know, to, to be more powerful or, you know, up them where I need to, or stop taking other things. And that was really great. Um, and then I, then we got into the fertility center too. So the first time going there, I don't know why I had such an intense, like aversion to the fertility center, but it was intense. Let me tell you, I was supposed to have an appointment with them and I just like had a breakdown. I don't even know. It was like the middle of the day. I had an appointment at like two or something. I don't remember, but I was just like freaking out, did not want to go. Um, and I, I was just like scared. I was nervous. It felt big, monstery, scary, expensive, painful. Like it just was like, uh, I don't want to do this. But anyway, I had like this big emotional thing and I like start texting Drake and I'm like freaking out. 
he calls me. I start bawling. I'm like, I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. I'm so scared. Like, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right thing. Like, uh, you know, just all the unknowns. And he was so amazing. He left work. He came, <laughs> he picked me up and he took me to the fertility center. And we did, after that, we did every appointment at the fertility center together. And he would come with me. He would take off work. He block out his calendar. Um, his advisor at work was amazing at being so kind of, of allowing us to prioritize that together because the appointments would be, you know, in the afternoons or whatever. And he would come with me to every appointment. And it was so, so helpful. The fertility center was um, a challenge for me. So how you work with the fertility center or how our experience was, everybody's experience might be different. Um, is it took us a while. I want to say like it was six weeks to get in for our first appointment. And so we, we went in and we met with, um, I don't know where her title was, but she wasn't like the doctor. Um, but she was, you know, she was great. And we went and we met with her and she did like a consultation with us. And we talked about all the things we talked about diet, caffeine intake, sleep, exercise, how long we've been trying, you know, what we've been doing thus far for fertility. Oh, sorry. I just got a text message. Little ding. Um, but we just talked about a ton of stuff and she was really great. So, um, she gave us lots of good things. Um, you know, it was kind of weird because she didn't know, like I was on a lot of supplements, like I had said, and she didn't know a lot of them, which kind of surprised me because they're all for fertility. So that was kind of interesting. Just, um, seeing the differences between, you know, holistic stuff and Western medicine stuff is just very, very different. Let me just tell you, like as opposite as opposite can be. Um, but anyway, so she like made Drake get on lower caffeine and just all these funny things that were like, okay, you know, um, but just really great stuff. So, um, but I was really guarded in that first appointment. And then they did like a transvaginal ultrasound, um, see what was going on in there, see how things were looking. And then I had after that multiple scans, um, to look over everything. Um, I don't remember exactly what they're called, but one of them was a water ultrasound, which was horrible. Um, they put a water balloon up your uterus and pump it full of water and have the water shoot through your fallopian tubes to clear them out. Ow, it hurt very bad. And I missed the memo that I could take ibuprofen before. So I was very uncomfortable. That was not a fun day. Um, and then I had another one. I don't remember exactly what it was. Oh, I think the ultrasound, I think the water ultrasound and the fallopian tube thing were two separate ones. And anyway, I had multiple scans that were pretty painful, pretty uncomfortable. And I just remember the fallopian tube one like hurt so bad. And I was like, what the heck are they doing to me? Like, what is this? I, I should have been put asleep for that. <laughs> like, I just did not like it. Um, I was a pretty big baby about it for good reason. It wasn't, it was not fun. Um, and you know, I just, I had a couple scans of them and things like that, that were, had made me cramp the whole rest of the day. I was so grateful during that time that I could just go home and like sit on the couch, you know, with my laptop and work instead of have to go into an office, which was a huge blessing. Um, but emotionally it physically there was cramping and uncomfortableness, but emotionally I was just really just kind of like mad that I had to be there. Um, but anyway, went through all the motions and just that first month felt like a lot of learning 
of what they do, how things work, what I'm supposed to do, all the things. So I did all the scans and then eventually got to the point where I took um, Famara again, but this time with the fertility center, not with the OB office, but took the Famara high dosage. And then I would go in for, um, they would see where my follicles were at. So they would do transvaginal uh, ultrasounds to see where my uh, follicles were at and see when we should have sex. Oh, I should say we were really lucky. Um, there's a couple of things you can do with the fertility center. You can do timed intercourse, you can do IUI, and then you can do IVF. They go up from intensity. Um, so we were really, really lucky. We, we were able to do timed intercourse. So we just had a lot of things that were working well for us. Um, Drake's levels and numbers with different things from his side were great. And so it was mostly just basically our problem with getting pregnant was how inconsistent my cycle was and catching the ovulation, even though we were having sex a ton. <laughs> um, so that was, that was, that was it. And so that was what they were solving. And so they would test the follicles, see where I was at, see if I was getting close to ovulation. When I was getting close to ovulation, I would insert a trigger shot um, that would boost me full of all these things um, that would incite the ovulation even more. Um, so that so basically the Famara was giving me a period. Um, and then the trigger shot was making me ovulate. Then we would have sex. And then you would go back. I want to say like a week or two later and you get your blood work done to see if you're pregnant, see what your HCG levels are at to see if you're pregnant. Um, and then during that time, after you've inserted the trigger shot and had sex, then you have these progesterone suppositories. I hope this is not too much information for people, but this is just what it is. Okay. <laughs> this is what we had to do. So um, yeah, the progesterone suppositories are the thing. So we did the first month and it was just a lot. I mean, with all of the scans and testing and all the stuff, then I would have acupuncture stuff or do blood work for that. I want to say in one week, I want to say I had like nine appointments or something like it was so much. <laughs> it was so, so, so much. Um, and then everything else you're doing every second of the day is for fertility. Like everything you're eating, how much you're sleeping, how much you're resting, every decision. It's like, it's all around optimizing fertility. And it just, it gets to the point where it's a lot. Um, but anyway, first month did that. It didn't work. Um, got the call back. Um, and they said, yeah, like, unfortunately your HCG level is, is negative. It's low. Um, would you like to go ahead with another cycle? And I, at, at the time I was really sad. I was just like, Oh, like I honestly didn't expect it to work the first cycle, but you're still just discouraged, you know, like, okay. So I was like, give me just a couple days. Let me just think about this for a sec. Um, and we had also in one of our scans found that I had some scar tissue in my uterus from my IUD, which is funny. So when I got my IUD put in, when we very first got married, I spotted every day for like a year. And that first OB office had told me that was normal. I knew it was not normal. And anyway, they go and they look in and the IUD that I had was like too big. Apparently my uterus was like long and thin at the time or something. I don't know exactly. But the IUD was like rubbing against the sides of my uterus and causing me to bleed and causing me to spot. 
And so because of that, anyway, they ended up, OB ended up taking the IUD out and then putting in a smaller one. Um, but because of that, I had all this scar tissue in my uterus, um, that the fertility center said could be impacting my ability also to conceive, um, just cause things are off in there. Like it doesn't feel like a space that's, you know, able to house a baby, whatever. And so, um, they had recommended that we still go through with the first cycle of everything. Cause we'd already done so much for it, but that after that we have a surgery to remove the scar tissue. So, um, after the first cycle didn't work, I was like, okay, give me a sec. Let me think about this. How much is the surgery going to cost? It was a lot <laughs> insurance. Our insurance was just a little bit annoying because fertility stuff is elective. It's not a medical need. Um, so we paid out of pocket for a lot of things. So anyway, surgery got scheduled. Um, it took us a while to schedule the surgery. I want to say it was like two months before I could get in or something, but did the surgery. Um, and surgery was honestly great. Like I thought it would be, I, like I said, I've had an ovarian cyst removed before, which had me down for a couple of weeks and was very painful. I had like three or four scars. Um, really the healing process was like not the greatest. Um, this one was great. Like, honestly, they told me that the, they didn't give me any pain pills. They told me to switch off between ibuprofen and Tylenol. And I never needed to take any pain pills. Like I didn't take anything. So I was just like, I'm not, nothing's wrong. Like I still, um, really rested. Like they told me to, of course, but like, I didn't need to take the painkillers, which is great. So anyway, did the surgery and then we had to wait again for, you know, my period to start me to get on Femara, um, still doing the acupuncture, still doing all the supplements and all the herbs with my naturopathic doctor. Um, she was so supportive during my, um, hysteroscopy, which is what that surgery was called. And, um, would do these fun ear seeds and just do really supportive acupuncture to help me heal. And just, it was so great. Um, doing both of them at the same time was lovely. And she was a great space holder. And, um, anyway, finally, you know, after that, my period, uh, started finally, we were so happy and got on Fumara again. And we did a second cycle during the second cycle. It was way easier. Um, and at this time I was also still seeing my energy healer, Christine, um, and just talking with her about everything. And I was like, Hey, like we're doing another cycle. First cycle and the surgery have been really overwhelming for me and just have felt like a lot. Um, I was at a really, really low capacity during this time. Um, all of my mental capabilities were spent on going to appointments and not crying myself to sleep all the time. Like that's like literally where I was at. I was really diving into my business to give me a good distraction. Um, but I, every ounce of anything I had was going to attending the appointments and doing what I was supposed to be doing with food, supplements, all the things. Um, so anyway, went and saw Christine and we just had this beautiful session and I was just like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm just tired. You know, I can't give up though. Like I can't, I've done so much. I can't give up. Like, I don't want to just stop. Like I, we have to keep going. Um, it was also feeling really draining financially just cause literally every couple days you're getting bills for hundreds of dollars, like literally every couple days, like it just, and it just, it really builds up. <laughs> and the surgery was a lot. And I was just like, I don't know, like how long we can really do this for, you know, sustainably. <laughs> um, 
it was just a lot, you guys. It was, it was just so much was going on and it felt like I was just fighting a losing battle. Anyway, had a lovely session with Christine and we just talked about the power of the mind. And it's all stuff I knew it's stuff. I teach stuff. I talk about all the freaking time with business and money manifestation, all the stuff, but she was so helpful in helping me see it in a new light of how powerful I am and how powerful my mind is because I'd almost just been like crawling to get where I needed to go just so I didn't stop. And that session with her was really transformative for me because it reminded me that I'm the creator of my reality. Even if there's some hiccups along the way, even if there's some really hard things that I'm going through during this life, like I am a co-creator with God and my mind and the way that I think and feel about things impact stuff so intensely. And that session was huge for me. So while I'm doing all this stuff, we're getting ready to start our second cycle with the fertility center. Um, I just focused on that and I had a really life-changing experience at the fertility center. So we'd done all the things, did the follicle testing every couple of days. I was having to go it was kind of crazy. I had to go on like Sundays during church. Like I, I was, I was literally doing everything I could for fertility. Like there was just so much anyway, doing all the follicle testing. And then, um, you know, did the trigger shot. We did our thing. Um, and then went back to get my blood tested two weeks later, or maybe, maybe the blood test was a couple weeks later, a couple days. I don't remember. You go back to get your blood tested whenever they tell you to go. <laughs> and I was just really, really focusing on my mindset. I was focusing on the thoughts I was thinking. And one of the big things that I had had with Christine that we were talking about is I was like, you know, it's really interesting because I've had so many aversions to the fertility center and I've been so like mad that we have to go there. And it's almost like every time I go there for an appointment, which is, you know, a couple times a week, sometimes um, I'm going there with like irritation, with anger, not wanting to be here, almost looking for the things that I don't like, you know, like really negative, like really in a low vibration. And I was like, I think it's hard to create if I'm going to this location to create and I'm doing that in a low vibration, it's hard to create. And that was my big takeaway. And she was like, yes, exactly. So the second round, I changed everything and I would go there. And I would greet the front desk girl and I would try to smile and I would greet the nurse and I would talk to her a little bit when they were doing the different follicle tests, follicle monitoring. And I, you know, I was just trying to approach it in a different way. And, um, this was the kind of transformative moment. So I, um, so I went there. Okay. Actually I'm getting ahead of myself and I'm already crying. So, um, I went there and I got my blood work tested. Um, and I was just, it's like hard for me to even say and like put into words what I felt. It's hard because I feel like what I say is not going to encompass what I felt. But anyway, um, I like finished my blood work and I was going up to the little checkout desk and there was this girl there. And she was with her mom and they were talking about paying for everything and the cost of things. And, um, her mom was like helping her. And I just saw this girl and she reminded me of me 
you know, when, when I broke down and didn't want to be here and was so sad and was so defeated and Drake was there literally like me holding on to him, helping me be there. And I just saw myself in her and what she was going through and she was crying and, you know, trying to check out, trying to answer the questions, just going through it. And I just had so much empathy for her. Ugh. And I just wanted to go hug her. I didn't, but I wanted to because I knew what she was going through in a sense, obviously be personal to her and everything, but I just had so much empathy for her. And in that same vein, seeing where she was and seeing where I was, I saw and recognized how much growth I had done and how confident I was to be here and how me attending this place and going to this place with hope and going with the flow and gratitude was so much more supportive for me. And obviously I don't, ex I couldn't have expected myself that first round to do it. Couldn't expect a girl in that situation to do it because the, in that moment you're trying to hold on, but seeing and recognizing the growth of where I was, was so powerful. And, you know, as I, I was, it was kind of taking a long time to check out and I, there were multiple other women who were walking in and, and I just was looking at all their faces and I just had so much empathy and I saw the grief and the sadness and the struggle and the exhaustion. And I just, I just saw it and I had so much empathy for it. And in that same vein, recognizing that I was in a new vibration that I had been there. I had been in that vibration of just being beaten down and being so tired and recognizing that I was in a different space. And that was really helpful for me. So anyway, after that blood test, you go home, you live your life, <laughs> you have the progesterone suppositories. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, we waited for the day where they were going to call us with our blood work. Um, and it was the best day. So they told us they were going to call us after 3 p.m. Drake was going to be at work until 5, 530. And I was just, you know, kind of trying to busy myself with work and keep myself distracted. But they called and I answered. And before they had called, Drake had said, I'm in an appointment at that time. I'm going to be with a client. He said, call me. Maybe I'll be out and I can pick up or whatever. Call me when they tell you. Maybe it's not going to be right at three or maybe it'll be out. He's like, still call me. I don't want to wait till I get home because we were just both so anxious. And he's like, call me and then call me if I don't pick up. That's okay, but call me again if it's good news. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so that was kind of the the situation. Also, with this being said, we this was gonna be our last cycle we did with them, and we were gonna take a little break just because I was like dying inside. <laughs> I had to, I asked to be released from my church calling. I was taking on lower client loads. I just I was like, I'm going to breathe for a while. 
um, just because you're putting 110% into this thing. And I was just pretty overwhelmed with stuff. So we're going to take a little pause after this last cycle that we did with them. Um, so this kind of felt like our last ditch for a couple months, probably for like half a year before we started trying again. Um, and all the things. So it was kind of, there, it felt like there was a lot writing on this. Okay. So anyway, they call, I forget exactly what time it was, but they called and it was a sweet nurse on the phone and she said, hi, like I'm so-and-so. Um, I had the results from your blood work is now a good time to go over those. And I was like shaking, like, yes, it is a good time. <laughs> Please tell me. And she said, well, great news. Your HCG came back positive. Um, you're at a level 48.5. And I was like, wait, positive. And she was like, yes. And I was like, am I pregnant? Like I like needed her to clarify. Cause I was just like, what? <laughs> and she was like, yes, you are pregnant. And I was so, so happy and told her, thank you. And we scheduled my next HCG test that we were going to go back in a couple days and check again. And I was couldn't believe it. I was like writing down the notes, like what, <laughs> you know, like couldn't believe it. And I called Drake and he didn't answer. And I totally forgot about the calling twice. If it was good news, <sighs> which is bad wife of me, <laughs> but I was just, you're just kind of shaken up and just kind of like, what the heck is going on? Let me take a drink real quick. So anyway, he got the first call and he was in the appointment and his advisor was in there too. Thank heavens. It wasn't one where he was by himself. And so he was able to tell, he's like, I'm going to step out. His advisor knew what was happening that day because he's just been really supportive. And so Drake stepped out and he, he called me kind of thinking that it wasn't great news because I hadn't called twice. Right. He's like, Hey baby, like, how are you? like, I'm good. He's like, did they call? Like, is that what you're calling me? I'm like, yeah. And he just kind of pauses and I'm like, we're pregnant. <laughs> and he was so joyful. He just exclaimed and started laughing and crying and just like shouting and just, it was so joyful. Like it was such, it was the happiest phone call. We just, I like felt the energy, you know, like you just feel it. It was so fun. And we were both just crying and he was like sitting in his truck and I was laying on the couch and we were just like, oh my gosh, like we are pregnant. And it felt so gorgeous. And, um, it felt really hopeful because the HCG was at a 48.5 and positive as if it's over 10, like over level 10. And so we were just like, wow, this is so amazing. This is so great. Anyway, go back the next couple days. It's in the hundreds. Go back the next couple days. It's in the thousands. Things are happening. Like things are good. And once we had made it through the first three like HCG episode or uh, episode HCG tests, um, it was great um, because we felt like it was actually happening. And uh, we found out um, really early. I was only a couple weeks along. So that's why they did so much testing. And I was on the progesterone still and just trying to take it easy and just all the things. Um, but once we hit seven weeks, we were able to go in for an ultrasound and we got to see our baby and we got to hear its heartbeat. And it was so amazing. I was still very guarded because I was still just scared of experiencing loss again. Like I said, it was really bad for me and I wanted to protect myself against that again. Um, so I was still pretty guarded. 
but it was so relieving. That's the word that this time for us with the pregnancy just felt like relief. And every time we made it to a milestone, three more days till the HCG and the HCG was good. Felt like another exhale of relief. Like, okay, good. This is a good thing. Good things are happening. And then we made it to the nine week ultrasound with the fertility center. Everything was looking good. Baby was growing right size. It needed to be got to hear its heartbeat again. Things felt so good. And once we made it to that nine week appointment, we had graduated from the fertility center, which felt again, like so much relief. They give you this cute little certification graduation thing. It was so cute. And then after that, I was able to move my care to OB slash midwife. So that was how it all happened. We kept it a secret. I had to tell my parents when we were about six weeks because they were booking a trip for our family to go to Costa Rica. And it would be during um, my third trimester when I was not supposed to travel internationally, like on a, on a plane. And so I was just, I did not want to tell anybody that early. I wanted to just keep it close. Cause it just, everything still felt very fragile. Um, but I couldn't allow them to book us a flight. And then I don't know if they could cancel it or I don't know. So we ended up, they were going to book it and we were just like, ah, and I just called them and we told them, um, and that was fun to have them know for a little bit. And then once we hit our seven week ultrasound and saw the heartbeat, I was like, okay, I have to tell Kennedy, my sister. She was just my, she's my person. And it was really hard keeping it a secret from her for seven weeks. Like it was so hard for me to keep it a secret. So we told her at seven weeks and that was so joyful. Um, and then we told the rest of my family at around 11, 11 and a half. And that was great. Um, and now sitting where we're at now, we posted it to social media. Like I said, we know the gender. Um, and it's been amazing to receive so many just happy, joyful messages from people. Um, I'm so grateful. So that's kind of our story. That's kind of how this all came about and some insights into what our journey has been like. Um, I That was really healing for me, I think, to be able to talk about all that. So Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Um, thank you for caring about this. It's pretty vulnerable. And I know it has nothing to do with business necessarily, but it's a, a big part of my life right now. And so I'm just, I'm grateful you're here and grateful you care. So like I said, I am going to record my next podcast episode. It's going to be about what it's like to navigate infertility and all the different things we did. Um, you know, finding out the key points for us were finding out what the problem was, which was my irregular cycle getting that fixed through holistic things with acupuncture and endocrine disruptor stuff. And then finding my naturopathic to help solve my hypothyroidism, progesterone, low progesterone, high testosterone, low iron, all those things. And, um, working with the fertility center in the way that we did, that was, that was our, our turning points in our story. So I'm very grateful for all the different medical practitioners that have supported us from, you know, the very beginning OBGYN leading me to the holistic stuff, um, to the acupuncturist, Utah Valley acupuncture, to my naturopathic doctor, Empowered Healing, um, Christine, my energy healer, my sister, Kennedy Drake has been absolutely the best partner I could have ever asked for through this and so supportive and so loving to me. And I'll probably go into lots of details about all of that too. Just the things that I went through mentally that he supported me with and, um, you know, then ultimately the fertility center and the staff there. So we're so, 
so grateful to be pregnant. If it feels real, having people know, having our gender reveal and having our family just celebrate us and having them all show up was so, it just means the world. And we just feel so supported and celebrated and loved and just so happy that it's our time. And so I just want to leave one last message. If you're listening to this and you're waiting, whether it's for your first or second or third or whatever, um, if it's taking longer than you want it to, I just, I love you so much. And I just want you to know it's possible. Anything is possible. There's so many resources out there, even though it'll probably feel like there's, you're so alone and there's nothing there is, there's so much goodness. And I can't wait to share all about everything that we did, everything we learned, um, and everything that really supported us along this, this journey, no matter where you're at, if yours, if yours is way longer and way more intense than mine or whatever the thing is, um, I know there's a way, I know there's a way that you can bring your baby into your life. So I love you so much. Thank you for listening. You're amazing. (laughs) Um, thank you for just being here and all the things I'm so excited to keep sharing and all this stuff. So, okay. With that, I'm going to end our episode today. Um, and stay tuned, uh, for that next one with all the kind of juicy details about that stuff that we did and that will help support you. And, and, um, you know, if you know someone in your life is going through infertility, that next episode will be a really lovely one to share with them, to support them. Um, if that feels right, if it feels like something that you would like to do, like to share with them. So, okay. I love you so much. Have an amazing rest of your day, night, morning, whatever, wherever you're at, um, in your day listening to this. Um, and I will talk to you soon. If you would like to support me or this podcast, it would mean the absolute world. If you would take a few moments out of your day and write a review wherever you're listening to this podcast today, this will really help the podcast. And like I said, will mean the absolute world to me. So thank you so much again for tuning in and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and we will see you in the next episode.